Hey everyone, um, welcome to the Sound of Crowd podcast. I go by the name of Adrian Daniels. Uh, if this is your first time listening, um, this is the show where we speak with top gunning founders, entrepreneurs, and creators worldwide with the aim of leaving you behind with meaningful takeaways that you can apply in your life, business, and career. Just before we get into today's episode, I'd like you to know that you can head over to thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash destination Africa for all of today's links, references, nuggets, and wisdom. So head over to thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash destination Africa. All right. It'll also be in the description below. Whether you're listening on the podcast platforms or on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share as you're whilst you're here. And if you listen to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Five Star Reviews, very much appreciate it. So today I'm joined with one of the co-founders of Destination Africa, Michael Ekor Richardson. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Hey, it's a pleasure, pleasure, have, pleasure being here. Yeah, it's been great. I think over the past few weeks, you've developed a quick relationship and um, I feel like we connect because we have, we share similar values and of course, you're British uh, Ghanaian and I'm British Ghanaian. And yeah. I feel like, of course, once you have that connection, you can hit the ground running. Um, yeah. So again, um, so once again, Michael is one of the co-founders along with his partner, Abena. Um, they're the co-founders of Destination Africa. So it's an Afro-parenting platform and they're involved in building the, the learners of tomorrow. Is that correct? Yes, that's it. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So while we're on that topic, could you just give us a quick elevator? Actually, before we get into that, um, we actually met um, through social media. Um, you reached out nicely. I appreciate that. And then, of course, we, we had like a, a you know, a meme of me, you, Abinar, we had like a little brief meeting. And then you came down to our 30th anniversary on Monday, yeah. which I'm really grateful for. So th thanks for coming down and oh, supporting no, it us. Was, really it was great, I'm sure. And, and three years in, and I'm sure yeah. many years to come. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the Dasi I'm trying to learn the tree. Yeah. But we'll get into that because they have a tree program. So well, you're going to learn more about how you can get your hands in that and what to expect. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna get into um, Destination Africa. Could you just give the audience, Mike? I don't think everyone knows. I know quite a few people have heard about what you do. I've got friends that know about you, which is great. Um, but you just give them a quick 60, under 60 second elevator pitch in terms of what Destination Africa is and, and what you guys do. Okay, so Destination Africa is a platform which we've created to assist or build the learners of today mm -hmm. to become the leaders of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We found in our communities, especially the Afro community, that we sometimes haven't been intentional yeah. uh, on certain areas about raising our children. Yeah. And we have to create platforms in order to leapfrog where we currently are to where we want our children to be. So Destination Africa is a platform mm -hmm. to encourage parents on their parenting journey mm -hmm. and also for children to instill some of the things which are essential to who they are in order for them to be and live out their potential. That sounds powerful. It's like you've got that um, USB nail on the head. It's like, I can tell you've been working on it, working it until you've got it razor sharp. Man. It's, so you know, it, it, it's, it's been a life journey. Mm. It's been a life journey. And it's mm. one of those things when it's your passion, when you want to inspire, when you see some of the issues, yeah. I don't want to sit there and complain about it. As sometimes our parents did, just complained about the issue. We yeah. wanted to be part of the solution. So yeah, so yeah, it's something. Not a day goes by about <laughs> us thinking about it. So, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, well, that's 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 really amazing. I feel like you have this uh, burning desire and this passion to, you know, um, go on this mission of Afro parenting, parenting, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, on the topic of Afro parenting, parenting, could you just before we get into like how it came into be? 
could you break down the difference of what Afro? Some people probably don't know what Afro parenting is. For me, it's not really a term I'm familiar with. Um, could you break down what Afro parenting is compared to normal parenting? I think I've got an idea, but I'll yeah. hear from you. Okay, so you know, anyone, mm-hmm. whether you're white, Asian, South South American, everyone has to go on that parenting journey, mm-hmm. and there's certain things in that space which are universal. But then there are also things which are specific to those of an Afro orientation. You know? <laughs> so um, you can, I always say you can go and pick up and read a blog yeah. uh, from any old parent. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's good and it makes sense. But then there's certain things which are specific to where we came from, to mm-hmm. our situation. You know, we, we have that 100%. UK connection and yeah. certain things that happened in the UK. 100%. Only the UK people would understand. 100%. Things that happened in the US which US people understand. But there's something that both of us can connect with on mm. a black, on an Afro level. Yeah. And it's sometimes good to have those platforms to say, you know what, these are things specific to our culture. These are things, the way we interact as family yeah. and, you know, having that space where it's geared towards that and to give people who aren't from that perspective an idea of some of the things that we get into. So that, that's, that's what we coined the term Afro parenting. Okay, I understand. That makes a lot of sense. I, I think it's what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's, it, it, of course, I thought it was going to be something that was only per, like personal to, you know, the Afro or Caribbean, you know, um, society or community. You understand? Yeah. Again, like the Chinese have their own thing, the Asians, whatever, they got their own thing. Exactly. The French have their own thing. You understand? So that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, I mean, what are some characteristics of her parents like? Like maybe how like you do your hair and how you how you kind of like raise your kids, how you handle your kids and misbehaving. Exactly. Of course, our our culture is more kind of like um, we're more kind of tied to maybe spanking our kids mm-hmm. rather than maybe maybe like a um, what's the word I'm looking for a Caucasian uh, someone from a Caucasian background they're yeah. probably not less likely to do that. Yeah. So I think it's probably stuff like Again, that. Again, you know, it's, it's the food, it's the culture, it's yeah, the some of the well. things which we sometimes take for granted. Yeah. It's some of the things that we should focus on. I remember when I was younger, I had a, a good friend who was Portuguese. And mm. um, you know, his parents, for them, it wasn't a thing about teaching them Portuguese. Portuguese, you, whether you could speak English, you would not have to speak Portuguese. Yeah. And that was their focus. Yeah. And that was where pride and culture came through. Yeah. Where from an Afro-parenting perspective, there are many Africans or, or those from the African diaspora who don't see that as that important. Or it'll be nice to have, but True. they don't deem it as essential. Yeah. They're more tied to the Portuguese culture. And I've seen that because yeah. I, I was there, like, it's been like almost two weeks there in November, and I saw that, like, because yeah, there's a lot of black people in Portugal. And of course, they're from Africa, right? Yeah. But you don't really see them. I think maybe apart from what they wear sometimes, you don't really see them representing like, Africa. Yeah. So they're, all, they're, they're very much Portuguese. They're embedded and tied to the culture. Mm. Whereas, whereas with us, we have dual identities. Yeah. British and then also Ghan- uh, Ghanaian, understand? So we have the best of both worlds, and we know how to kind of like get the best out of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's a fantastic one. Um, so basically, let's go into how Destination Africa came to be. So, of course, you said this kind of started off in the UK, yeah, um, and then because you you saw like challenges and problems, and you felt like this would be, you know, a great way to kind of tackle that. Could you go more into that? Okay, so I mean, it, it's the journey is a very long one. I, I, I mean, don't know how far back how, I should go, but yeah, I'll start maybe just maybe just kind of like Africa. summarize it. Yeah. yeah. So, but for us, um, I mean, I met Abena in the early two thousands, mm-hmm. and one thing about her was, even though she lived most of her life in the UK, yeah, she always spoke to her mum 
injury. So she, her tree was on point. Wow, I mean, it's better than yours. <laughs> I mean, fluently, yeah, yeah. Serious, like. And you wouldn't think that when you talk to you, you wouldn't think that. But there's people because I don't meet a lot of Ghanaians that are fluent in tree. It's yeah. hard for me when I meet someone that's fluent in Ghanaian. I'm like fluent in tree, so I get excited. Yeah, I, I get excited. I got excited. Yeah. So from there, I remember when we were speaking. I was like, you know what? It's important that we pass this on to the children because for me, I, I can see the void. Like you know, around the time when I met Abna, yeah. I couldn't speak. I could speak Fanti a little bit. I knew house words. So if it came to like, you know, go and tidy your room, yeah. go and cook some rice, you know, sweep the floor. I, I can understand house words, but when it came to full conversation, proverbs, idioms, I was lost. So, um, yeah, we spoke about it and I said, you know, when the children are born, we need to make sure they can speak our language because, because of that, I felt a bit of a cultural disconnect growing up and I didn't want them to have that. I didn't want them to feel part British, yeah. Oh, well, part British, but not really British because, you know, you have a history, you have a, a culture and your parents came to the UK and not to be on the other side where you go to Ghana and people say, oh, Bruni, or <laughs> you know, you're a foreigner yeah. and just be somewhere in the middle. I, I wanted them to feel like, you know, you are fully Ghanaian and, I love and don't be confused about it. I love that. So yeah. when the children were born, we just said the first thing we we're going to do was to make tree the language of the house. Yeah. So in order for that to happen, I knew I had to step up my tree game. 100%. So um, I was studying and really trying to, to get it to that next level. Mm -hmm. So in the house, we would sing nursery rhymes. Yeah. Um, we would you know, read to him, tell him stories or some books we had in English. Yeah. And as we were reading the bedtime stories, we were translating in our heads in tree yeah. so that you can understand, giving him actions and so yeah. on. You know, fast forward a few years, that they could speak tree, they could read it and they could write it. And people were like, well, how did you manage to do it living in the UK? And at that time, they'd never been to Ghana. Um, and I remember one time my mom took um, Asada on a bus and one of the ladies heard him speak in tree and she turned around and said, oh, when, when did he come from Ghana? <laughs> and my mom was like, he's never been to Ghana. And wow. we were so surprised. Wow. And through that, some of our friends were like, you know, it would be great if you guys could help us tell us, you know, how did you guys do it? So that's where Destination Africa started. Okay. It came up from a place where, you know, we wanted to share with the community and say, you know what, if you want to teach your children tree, it's a great platform. And not only that, some of the other things we were incorporating to sort of build up his self-esteem, his identity, and who he was through learning African flags, through learning about culture, through storytelling, and through presentation skills, all these things, we brought it together, and then Destination Africa was born. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. So it just seems that just from the communities that you plugged into and the people that you surrounded by, like this just kind of like was birthed through like like natural demand and people seeing you and Abba doing what you're doing on the day to day. Exactly, exactly. And and it, it really led to that sense of being really purposeful about what we do. And I always say to people, especially with, with children, you know, have a plan. Have a plan. It sounds silly, but have a plan. Because what tends to happen is people have this mindset like, oh, okay, you know what? When my children get old enough, we'll go to Ghana, we'll go to Nigeria. They'll spend six weeks in the village and then they're going to speak pure Yoruba, pure tree, pure Inzima, and then come back and they're going to be fluent. And the reality <laughs> is it doesn't work that way. Really? It's your, what, so you can even have, you can have a kid in the country and raise them there and it wouldn't be fluent? Unless yeah. you speak it to them. Oh, you're speaking yeah. it to I mean, it, it happens here, even yeah. in Ghana. You yeah. get lots of families where they're so hell-bent on pushing them to speak English that they're forgetting to teach them their language of their, their mother tongue and children are being disconnected 
And I'm saying there's nothing worse than living in Ghana. Someone comes from another country and they're teaching you your mother tongue. That's crazy. You know? Oh, man. It's, really uh, space. It, it's not a place you it's, want to be in. It's crazy. There's this ongoing debate, Michael, about whether or not trees can be extinct in the, mm -hmm. in the newer generations. What's your yeah. thoughts on that? My thoughts are it's down to, it's down to us. It's down to us. I think um, if we sit there and do nothing, if we have a, um, an apathetic mindset about it, it will be extinct. Um, and then that would be no one's fault to blame but ourselves. And if it does, what else do we lose? Some people say it's just a language, you know? It doesn't matter. Other languages are, getting, uh, are dying out. But the question is, what are you losing with that language? Mm. What culture, what history, what heritage, what art, what law? You know, when you speak another language and someone translates it, sometimes you, you lose the meaning of it. True. Um, yeah. And it's about, once you understand the full meaning of what the words are actually saying, yeah. it automatically gives you a different paradigm shift as to what is yeah. happening in this language. How do the people think? Um, so it would only be um, devastating. Yeah. You know, I, I say people come to Ghana, other than the party at Christmas, yeah. for the culture, for the heritage, for the history of what happened. Mm. Now, if we're bending over backwards to not speak our language, to not show them our culture and our history, why would they come to Ghana? That's it's actually, like you're losing your identity. You're losing it's a very good point. We're just bringing the West here. Yeah. West is already there. Why do you need to bring the West here? Yeah, exactly. That's another danger exactly. as well. So it, it's sad. I mean, it's great Ghana's on the map more, but yeah. it's sad that you know we're not really um, taking advantage of what Ghana is all about and our culture yeah. and stuff. I mean, there's a bits of it, but shadows of it, I don't think it's enough. Exactly. I don't think we're doing enough. Yeah, you don't, I think you're doing enough. Okay. And um, I think for you, of course, you kind of worked on Destination Africa, you and Abena um, from the UK. And then, of course, when did you move? When did you move to Ghana? So we moved to Ghana in 2019. 2019, okay, cool. That year, yeah, it was just a, it was just a pivotal year for a lot of people. Oh, man. Man. It was a year a lot of people moved and a lot of things happened the year return, of course. Yeah. Um, and then... And you guys wanted to kind of launch it within Ghana as well. Was that yeah. the plan or it just happened? So it was always a plan. Once, okay. once we decided we wanted to move a few years before, um, we were just putting things in place, planning, hope, you know, just strategizing. And then COVID and everything else happened and it yeah. happened quicker than, yeah. to a certain extent, than, than we planned for. But sometimes you have to roll with a punch. Yeah. Um, so since we've been in Ghana, we've, mm -hmm. we've had uh, multiple terms, multiple classes. Yeah. Um, we, we ran classes at the Nagon Botanical Gardens. We've done, we done some online. So, you know, we had the UK Destination Africa family mm -hmm. joining online, learning to cook jollof. Um, <laughs> I love that know, one. It was, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. So, we, so far, we saw, we're merging the face-to-face -face classes with the online ones. Yeah. And now we get to that place where we're about to release our academy shortly. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Um, we'll definitely talk about that. Why Destination Africa if there's a lot of um, focus around Ghana? So Destination Africa is, I always say it's part of who you are. It starts from where you are. Mm -hmm. So in, in the UK, one of the first things we did was to teach tree because that was a language we knew. Mm -hmm. um, but even though we were in the UK, it wasn't solely a focus on Ghana. It was a focus on Africa, or we would have called it Destination Ghana. 
Um, <laughs> so when people came, it wasn't just Ghanaians. Okay. Oh, yeah, we had non-Ghanaians coming as well. Yes, we had yeah. Nigerians, we had Tanzanians, we had South Africans, we had those from the Caribbean. We yeah. had mixed heritage um, families. We even had Turkish and Canadians. Whoa. And, and what, what, did that, what did that sporan, Turkish, um, Turkish and... We, we had one um, purely Turkish family. No! Purely Turkish. And you know what? The, the son was five years old at the time. And um, we asked him, like, why did you come to these classes? And he was like, oh, you know, in future, his son's saying that he wants to do business in Africa. So he wants to learn an African language. Did that give you a light bulb moment when you heard that? You know what? I mean, for me, the light bulb moment went on a few years ago. <laughs> This gave me a secondary life <laughs> and just made me realize that, look, there's someone who isn't from the African continent, saw some classes about culture and language that's and stuff, insane. and just decided that he's, he's going to do it. He, he's, and, and that's the intentionality I'm talking about. Okay, cool. Because he's got kids as well. Yeah. So he, he had a five-year-old at the time and okay, a three-year-old who came. That's actually a good point. So it's not only for necessarily Ghanaians or Africans, it's for non-Africans who want to relocate or invest or live in Africa. Invest, yeah, and, and yeah. I, I always say it's investing in your children. Children. So we, we had another family where um, mixed race child, mm -hmm. um, British or English heritage, yeah. and the parent, the, the father was was Nigerian, mm. but he didn't want to teach the children about their culture. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to teach them about their language. So she she saw destination, found found us, signed up, joined it, and said absolutely loved it. And she said she wants her child who's of mixed heritage to know equally about both sides of the family. And that's the, that's the intentionality I'm talking about. That's that for someone on the other side to, to do their job and more, you know, it should really be the parent from that side to, to say, you know, this is important to me. I need to do it um, for my child so that they know both sides of their identity. I love that. Which doesn't happen very often. And something I've realized in patterns yeah. is wherever there's normally and I, I, I might get shot down for this, <laughs> but wherever there's a, say an African parent yeah. and another, uh, a parent from another group, whether it's yeah. European, whether it's South American, whether it's Asian, yeah. the parent that is non-African is, is more like the, the dynamic of dominance is with, with the non-African. True. So if there's French and yeah. African, yeah. they're more likely to know the French than they are to know the African language. It's if true. they are Asian, if yeah. they are uh, Malay yeah. and any African country, yeah. they're going to know Malaysian. If they're Spanish, Spanish will be the first language. Every now and then mm. it's the other way around, but in the majority. And that's because our intentionality to teach our children our culture and, our, and their identity isn't there. And then this is where this nation African comes in really exactly. to really push, push that envelope and to really kind of balance out exactly. that, um, you know, that area. This is very, very powerful. Very, very, very powerful, honestly. Like, I never thought about it that way. Like, when you just told me that even non-Africans trying to, you know, come into you, to, your, to get involved with your platform, so they can pass these values onto their kids and, yeah. you know, and to learn a bit more, you know, about Africa and, you know, how to kind of, like, integrate their family into the, country, into exactly. the continent. Yeah. I think it's really powerful stuff. So, of course, so now, so, so of course, you moved to Ghana, Destination Africa is, you know, running in Ghana. You even have people joining from Zoom and everything. So you also noticed that there was like gaps in the market, or maybe like there wasn't really a lot of what you guys are doing in Ghana, and people needed what you were doing even in Ghana. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, the, the thing is, sometimes in the West, 
there's that appreciation for you know for culture yeah. for identity yeah. people are you know i remember when the afro beats started coming mm -hmm. that's a time when people were proud to to wear their batakaris or their um sankara or different things but in ghana it's always like oh you know what there's almost nothing to be proud of they they're waiting for the diasporans to show the pride and from there mm -hmm. now they're taking more pride in it but mm -hmm. at the same time there are certain things because they want to almost be westernized they want to fit in they want to be accepted they are suppressing their culture yeah and you are finding a generation of children who don't know much about their culture who yeah. don't know much about their history historical figures yeah um so it's true because in ghana usually they want to be more like the west americans yes. and whatever they don't mm. really want to they some some of them are disgusted. Some of them are disgusted about their own culture. Yeah. But it's like I think they're blinded because it's the funny thing is that we tell them we want to be like like you and you want to yeah. be like us. Yeah. It's funny. The grass always seems to be greener. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So yeah. So it's quite interesting. So I think having those perceptions. I mean, Ghanaians having the perceptions. Mm -hmm. I think it, it, it's great that you know platforms like yourself can make them realize no. They have to. This is really, really important. Yeah, and then see the beauty in it as well. I think yeah. it's important as well. I mean, it's amazing because the thing is, I always say, we always say, in order to be bold, like true confidence is had from knowing who you are. You know, knowing thyself. And if you don't know yourself, you'll always be wavering. You'll always be wavering. You know, you can learn someone else's culture as much as you like, but it's always their culture. It's someone else's culture. But know yourself, whatever it may be. Be proud of who you are, where you came from, you know, who your family is, the journey that they've made. And from that, if you merge that with whatever you learn, the, the knowledge, the wisdom on top from anywhere around the world, you are in a, in a sure place to, to do great things. And sometimes we, we want to skip that part and jump straight to the academics, jump <laughs> to things which, um, which are good yeah. and which we must always do and um, endeavor but not at the um, sacrifice of knowing that we are and embedding that foundation. I think that's the foundation that's important. Mm. It, it needs to build that foundation and then you can get to the stuff like speaking a language and then the other bits. I think yeah. that's really, really important what, what you're saying. And I mean, you mentioned, you know, um, like, you know, Turkish people getting involved in Destination Africa and, all these incredible stories like are there any any kind of like notable like testimonies or kind of like stories from customers or, or maybe community members of destination africa yeah. that you'd like to share is any notable oh i mean there are so many so on one of our programs um on an online one during the covid we had a special jellof a jellof special <laughs> so part of that term was about entrepreneurship so mm -hmm. we were teaching the children about how to become an entrepreneur um, how to set up your own businesses. They learned about charities and different things. So mm -hmm. during that term, one of the things was to have your own business. So the week before, they created a little skit on selling their jollof company, which they all did, sent in their videos. <laughs> and this week was the time for them to make... Oh, so this is for kids? It's kids. So, yeah, so, wow. so the program online is primarily for, for children. It's like yeah. an empowerment program. But yeah. because of the Zoom, the children... The parents are also present. Okay. So one of the things we tend to do is try to do programs in conjunction with parents. We Makes don't want sense. to be like, oh, pay and leave your children. We want no, no, no. To it doesn't work like that. Exactly. Usually, with, with with the kid comes the parent. You you, you don't get one. You have, you don't you can't buy separately. You get them as a package. That's a package. Exactly. <laughs> so on this occasion, we're doing 
um, jollof rice. And sometimes for many children, it was the first time they'd cooked with their parents. Wow. Online. And you this know, is serious stuff, you know. We, we made Honestly, the food. They, they, were, they, had this, they, were, they were on the fire, cooking, chopping up the onions. On Zoom. This is on Zoom. Yeah. And literally, <laughs> wow. there was like 15 families on Zoom. <laughs> and at the end of it, you know, after they tasted their food, they had to do a video testimonial. <laughs> and one of the things that really touched me was one of the boys said, you know, it's the first time ever made jollof rice no and it's the first time i'd cooked with my parents and it, and now that, that was the whole point of it. it was to one learn about creative food having fun in the kitchen but really to start building those memories with your parents doing things which are culturally should be innate so um, so yeah that, that was one of the ones that really touched me i think on another term we had the end of term and one of the boys said you know one of the things he really loved was learning to speak um, his, his mother tongue. And again, it was something which I thought he would enjoy the games, playing with his brothers and sisters, the competition, but it was just feeling like he can now identify with his mother tongue. That was, that was really powerful. That's powerful. And you'd think with the kids, they're more you know, um, inclined to the, the fun stuff, but mm -hmm. they, they probably picked up the significance. Exactly. And exactly. the power in speaking the language, being you know, able to cook the food. Yeah, being able to understand the culture and the history. Yeah, yeah, you're doing a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. Please thank keep you. going. I share the same things with you know with, with guests, other guests during season five, and you know, uh, yeah, people are really making impacts. You know, filling in gaps that are needed to be filled. So exactly. I mean, exactly. I want to congratulate you and Avina for the good work that you're oh, doing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, we've I think we've spoken about all these different like programs that you do in Zoom, and then you mentioned that Brie Botanical Gardens, you know, so of course you do in-person events and mm -hmm. programs and workshops, et cetera. Um, and then of course you like courses as well. So we're going to get into that. So um, like what, how, of course, this Nation Africa is a community, is a platform, but I mean, of course, there's a there's business model behind it on the back of it. Like, what does that look like? Okay, so um, for us, the, the model is to, is to, what well, the vision primarily is to be intentional about our parenting to ensure that you know, no Afro child out there grows up to their 20s or 30s not being able to speak an African language, yeah. not knowing about their culture, okay. not learning some of these foundational things yeah. that make them who they are, um, as well as other skills on top. And we want to get that message out to as many people as possible and to give them the resources and the opportunity to say, you know what, it's available. Um, and this is where sort of the next step of what Destination Africa doing comes into play with our academy. Okay. Okay, I get that. And um, Destination Africa, I know it's aimed at Afro parents. Um, is it also suitable for like individuals? And yeah, so I mean, primarily we say it's, it's for everybody. Mm. Um, but we, we mentioned Afro parenting so you know the perspective on which it's coming from. Mm. Um, most of the content is geared towards the African continent. You know, if we tell stories, it's going to be primarily from the African continent somewhere. Um, if it's languages, it's going to be the, the focus will be primarily on an African language or multiple Af African languages from, a from across the continent. Mm. If you're Pakistani or um, from Japan, you can you can join in. You can sign up, and you can learn more about the African continent. So it, it, it's for that. it's for everyone. <laughs> Pakistani, I love that. I'm sure you probably have Pakistanis from there as well. Yeah, we, we do. <laughs> we do. Okay, and let's talk about this new academy. Is that out? Is it coming up? Is it coming up for 2023? Or yes, it's coming up for. So we, we'll be launching it on the 15th of February. 
um, next month. Um, so that is our on-demand courses, just to allow people from across the world okay. at any time to, to to sign up and also to have that interaction. You know, to okay. have the benefit. We we didn't want to launch it. Sometimes we should have launched it a while ago. I was like, no, we know we want to get it right. We want to make sure there's that right level of interaction versus video and so on. So we've had a small pilot group testing it in the background and making sure it was effective. No, that didn't work, scratched it, did it again. <laughs> um, but now it's ready to go. It's ready to go. And yeah. We're, yeah, we're happy it's going to have the impact that we, we, we desire. That's powerful yeah. and um, that's amazing. How long, has it been, how, long in the, how long has it been in the works for? Um, it's probably since 2019, mm. 2020. Okay, so it's been a few years. So yeah. is it something you started working on you know, years ago or... Is there something you started working on years ago or is literally just like, okay, cool, we have all of this content, let's just pull it together into an academy or you actually just intentionally said, oh, we're going to start building this thing? It, it, it's it was intentional. So okay. we, when we left the UK, we had a Destination Africa family mm-hmm. um, in the UK and it was like, oh, when are you guys going to do stuff online? When are you going to do stuff online? And we were like, no, we'll do it. Once we get settled, yeah. we, we'll do it. Yeah. And we started and okay. it was going well. Yeah. Um, but as you do, there's a different dynamic between face-to-face okay. and doing it online. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want to rush something and just get it online, and it wasn't as impactful okay. as the face-to-face mm-hmm. content. So that's why we took time, really dissected a program, built it back up primarily for those on the other side of the screen so that it can be as effective okay. and with all the necessary support resources and so on. All so, right, cool. So what does it look like? So what's, what can people expect in the academy? Is it like a subscription? Is it a one-off price? Is it a yearly price? Like what's, what's the pricing like? Okay, so it would be a, a yearly subscription, yearly subscription originally. Yeah. And, and what that would contain is different modules within. So okay. there'll be modules on language. There'll be modules on, on, um, on the country information. There'll be modules on different elements from presentation mm-hmm. skills to entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. to financial literacy, yeah. to um, there's a module on self-defense, <laughs> there's a module on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I think I, think I saw some content on YouTube. It's yeah. crazy, man. So, yeah, I love so that. W- Bitcoin. Oh, oh my gosh. Bitcoin. Oh, crypto. <laughs> the, the whole aim is yeah. we want to build that next global Africa. It's yeah. not just, okay, learn about language and that's it, or learn about your history. That's part yeah. of your foundation. But your foundation also in includes your presentation skills, things yeah. that you would need in order to function as a you yeah. know, forward-thinking member of society. That's so, fantastic. So, uh, and, and we focus on the areas where most places don't focus in school. So yeah. all these courses or, or short courses are there and also partly there for parents to interact with their parents, have that conversation, enjoy and build memories yeah. whilst building your children. You know what, this is, this is great, Michael, because, you know, I mean, someone like me, I might think, oh, this is just something maybe quite, tra- this, this is something where it's a place where I can go and learn traditional, you know, skills, right? Yeah. Which are essential, right? Mm-hmm. It's still relevant today. Yeah. But you've also included like contemporary skills mm-hmm. and, you know, resources and uh, tools needed to, to, to succeed and navigate society today. Like you mentioned yeah. Bitcoin and all this other stuff. Yeah. Um, it's really, really great. Yeah. It's really forward thinking. Oh, well, I mean, it's, that's what it's all about. You know, sometimes, as that saying, sound coffee? Sometimes you have to go back to take it before you, you move forward. So we, we, we don't want to forget to go back and we just don't want to go forward blind. We want to yeah. combine the two and, and bring the best of both worlds. That, that's, that's incredible. So I'm sure you've got quite a few people on the waiting list ready, yes. to, ready yeah. to jump on so, it. So, so, so we, we, yeah, so as you said earlier, we're, we're launching on the 15th. Um, we're doing a, a live 
uh, webinar, so we'll be demonstrating some of it. We have a nice. few people lined up. And nice. just before we go on a little online virtual tour, so we I have a that. few guests yeah. coming in to share their journey, um, as well as preparing for the launch. So That's it'll be similar. interesting. I'll, I'll send you the link no problem. Um, so webinar. that people can join in and, and yeah. find out more about Destination App. Absolutely. We'll put in the, I mean, but probably by the time the audience or our listeners um, listen to this episode or watch this episode, um, it's probably going to be already out. But um, yeah, we'll have all the links to the academy. And if there's any like pre recorded videos, we'll have those links in there as well. I'm sure Mike would be happy to share that oh, with you as well. And um, of course, um, on the, you mentioned San Kung Fa. I'm just going to double tap on that. Um, so you also have like a tree program. Tree program or language? Yeah, so, so well. for us, language is, is all encompassing. It's all part yeah. of it. It's like you, you, you can't be an African without an, an, course, an African yeah. language. So okay. again, that, part of that was my personal journey and some of the tools we have are there to help people navigate that as well and to learn trees. So yeah, um, yeah we, that's part of the package. We'll have to have a conversation about that because my tree is not up to scratch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, it, it's one of the challenges. I think when people come to Ghana, it's... It, it's interesting. I tend to find the cultural aspect, people don't place much, a lot of emphasis on it in terms of one of the essential things. They're like, oh, get somewhere to live, sort out my job, get a car, yeah. and whatever. But they miss the language. They neglect those and, things. And I always say, once you have the language, you, you open a door. It's almost like a parallel universe, mm. which is close to you. 100%. And that yeah, and, and, and that's the one thing. If I was to say to anyone, like, you know, get that focus on it, get a language, pick it up. Because for me, speaking for myself, as I said earlier, I started to learn tree when I was 30 years old. And my family knew that I knew one or two words before. So every time I come back on holiday, they'd be like, oh, hello, my God. But it was very much a sense of, okay, that's Michael, but, you know, he's over there. But the moment I learned to speak tree, and they, they heard, they're like, Michael, hey, which is like, you can speak Chi. And they see you differently. They warm to me in a different way. Like now I was a family member, you know, not that sort of Michael who lives in London. And it changes doors. It opens things up. I mean, sometimes you go and buy a mango and somebody will give you another one. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, because they see you as their own. Yeah. And like, if you really want to want your children, even yourself, to feel like Africa, yeah. It's my home. You, you've already got the passport. You've got the skin. 100%, man. Now it's, you know, get the language, understand 100%. It. And I think it's, it's a universal principle. I think if you can speak the same language as that person from mm-hmm. that country that you, like, that you come, come across, yeah. um, they connect with you more yeah. than they will if you're speaking just English with them. Exactly. Um, I was in Scotland last year in summer, August mm-hmm. 2022. And um, I was with a group of friends. We went on a vacation. And um, my friends hit this person's car. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing my friend's Ghanaian yeah. she's British Ghanaian but she's Dutch as well mm-hmm. she's fluent in Dutch because she yeah. grew up in the Netherlands that guy that she hit was Dutch because she saw the, the registration plate mm-hmm. um, she started speaking English but then when she realized she was Dutch they started speaking Dutch and mm-hmm. he kind of like warmed it's up to her in a different way yeah. so it was a different kind of like connection, connection there and yeah. he was a lot more at ease understand mm-hmm. there's something powerful about language yeah. honestly there's something is. and speaking of languages I mean you're I know you're Kids are quite fluent in tree. Mm-hmm. Do they want to come in? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to come in and say some words in tree? Just come into the yeah. shop. Just just be careful as you're walking in. Just 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 walk carefully around the um yeah. So Asada's coming into the shop. <laughs> just come say hello. 
you can go 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 come come by that and just say hello. Just 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 say just 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 tell them about yourself and tree. Hello everyone. My name is Eric. Oh, should I give him the mic? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. He should be able to pick it up. Okay, should be able to pick it up. Okay. Hello everyone. So my name is Asela Richardson. As Uncle just introduced me onto the show. So as you know, my father's been talking about their company, Destination Africa, and gave you a little bit of a backstory on how I can speak to people. So, you have any questions to ask me? No, just no. What I'll say, you just just kind of maybe like just 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 say just greet basically the audience in tree. Hi, my name is Asada. I'm this age, and I enjoy. This sport, um, and I like to do these things in my free time, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 Oh, my dad say, why are they? Why are they? Yeah. Great job, great job. Thank, thank you for coming in. Thank you for coming in. That's it. Um, so, any any other plans for twenty twenty three apart from the, the platform? Oh, the, the platform is going to be big. So that, that's yeah. the main focus for twenty twenty. That's going to take so, up the bulk of your time yeah. as it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it There's is. Yeah. Constantly new content, different things coming. Yeah. Um, we really want to immerse those around the world mm. in African culture, in Ghanaian culture, and just you know build themselves and give themselves a platform so that they too can expand and teach their children specifics about their, their heritage and stuff. So my thing is invest, invest, invest in your children. That's powerful. That's powerful. And any tips to um, aspiring or existing parents uh, who are Afro-parenting? Um, I'll say just join a platform, join a network, join a space of other parents who really want to push and are using different um, innovative ways to teach and, and to grow their community. Because there's that saying, it takes a village to raise a child mm. and, you know, it takes an e-village to raise a child. So, <laughs> so, you know, get connected with different people around, but ultimately be intentional. Be intentional about, about your parenting, you know. See that value. I always have, say, have the end in mind. Um, you know, where do you want your children to be? When they're 19, 20 years old, where do you want them to be? And, and start with their mind. I, I know many parents who invest in property, you know, they invest in, spend a lot of time in academics and their professions. Yeah. But at the same time, they sacrifice preparing their children oh, to continue time time or to leapfrog. So yeah. start with the end of mind and invest 
in them from the early ages because yeah. sometimes you know they get to seven eight years old and they're like i don't want to go to africa and they say certain things and you're like those are the they, they should be making your ears burn because, because you that seed has already been sown and you've lost them already yes then when they start saying that exactly so, look at acid and his brother i mean mm. they're already you know in, you know entwined in culture and yeah. speaking a language is fantastic exactly so yeah fantastic. Yeah. Mike, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Likewise. Apart from your academy, any other announcements you want to make? I thought, no, that's, that's the academy for us. That's yeah. it. No, yeah. Okay, all right, great. Well, um, where can everyone find you on Destination Africa? Yes, so Destination Africa, you can find us at our website at www.thedestinationafrica.com. I'm on Instagram. We're on Instagram at dest, D-E-S-T, Africa, G-R-P. Okay. And the same on Facebook and all the other social okay. media. Had someone taken Destination Africa already? The the handle, or maybe maybe it was too long, or um, yeah, it was too it was too long. So when we got it, that was the one that worked across all platforms. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I have that conversation with people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, Michael, thank you so much for coming to the show. I really thank appreciate you for it. having us. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. Um, Michael Echo Richardson. Um, he's the co-founder of uh, Destination Africa. Um, once again, all of the show notes, the links, references, nuggets, and gems will be in the show notes. So you head over to thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash Destination Africa. That's thesoundofacrowd.com forward slash Destination Africa. Um, if you're watching YouTube, please like, subscribe on your way out, share with a friend or family, and if you're listening to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, very much appreciated. And I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Take care.